everybody to another edition of the Polish Guy Podcast. We got uh, our buddy Blotz on here again. Um, I, I do have to admit, it's it's not as exciting as interviewing Chris Collinsworth. Uh, how, how do you feel uh, trying to uh, 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 trying to follow that up? Yeah, you probably just uh, lost all your viewers and subscribers, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, we'll, we'll give it a good effort here and uh, and see what happens. Man, I tell you what, it was it was uh, that was a lot of football knowledge in a short amount of time. Uh, probably sometimes if people listen to that, they had to rewind and uh, kind of listen to it a little slower. But uh, <laughs> boy, I I just hope I did an all right job of uh, keeping it going and uh, you know letting him go. Uh, and that was just. Uh, it was really cool stuff, and uh, I was proud to be able to do it, and uh, very thankful that he took the time. Now you're kind of like the guy that, you know, you're kind of like the comic that comes on, like really like the last act on the late night show, but, you know, like Michael Jackson or something like that was the was the guest before you or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, everyone turned their TVs off already. But, then, but you still got to go up and do your, like, six-minute set at the very end of the night? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Won't denigrate, don't, won't denigrate you too far. This will be a fun podcast. Uh, kind of the NFL pre-preview for me. Uh, so I'm going to let you go a little bit on, on all your opinions. We, we haven't had you on for um, really an NFL preview before, but... Really, there's no reason for it. We kind of really should have done this uh, before, so we're going to do it this year. Uh, first, though, before we get on to the football, and we'll talk Bears, and we'll talk NFL news, and then we'll do the preview, we do have to address all the news around baseball just a little bit. I, I really think this is... Uh, I'm just... You know my opinion has always been that steroids were sort of not a big deal because that you can't compare numbers and I'm not married to the numbers like a lot of the old school baseball fans are this I'm the only reason I'm annoyed at this point is I actually have to hear about these stories throughout the week when this has been a fantastic baseball season you know I I want to talk about Miguel Cabrera and how Trout might actually be better than last year even though he's not going to have the same amount of home runs, the rest of his metrics are off the charts. You got Cabrera battling three injuries and still going for trying to go for consecutive triple crowns, which, uh, you know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm just annoyed at this point that this is, you know, A Rod's a story, and I'm sick of him and Braun being the story, and we're not talking about the Pirates uh, having a winning season and seven more wins. Um, for the first time in 21 years. I mean, 
what was your take uh, first give me your thoughts on that sort of stuff and then give me your thoughts on uh your takes of what's going on yeah i mean everything you mentioned are, are great stories yeah i mean uh, me uh living in houston i i have uh you know we got the astros who are 43 games uh, below 500 uh down here but uh you know uh, we do did uh, do get to see the uh the a's a lot down here do get to see the rangers a lot and that, that's been a fantastic race uh back and forth which, which, by the way, I, I do have to mention yet again, so we can pat ourselves on the back. Some we we both had one really good uh, prediction this year. Yours was saying that the A's would still be good, and, and mine was saying that the Blue Jays conglomerate would not work out. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the uh, events from earlier this week, uh, I think uh, that's. Uh, I mean, what the Red Sox did, I think, is almost uh, a response from the MLB PA to, to A-Rod as a whole and how, how the, the, the body of the most of the Major League Baseball uh, feels about the guy. So I thought that was really interesting. I mean, uh, several uh, Red Sox players after the game were like, you know, this guy... As a 211 game suspension, he's cheated in the past. He's maybe cheated right now. He's covered up stuff. Why is this guy playing? And uh, you know, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, we are entering an era of an interesting dichotomy with uh, baseball players and the guys that are are being outed. And, and I guess the players have finally decided. Well. You know, these guys are not going to be liked by anybody, and we're not going to like them either, and, and we're not going to put up with it anymore. But here, here's the here's the sad truth is that this is going to continue. Um, so the, the guys that use, again, once something like this exists, it will always exist, and the technology will be always ahead of the test. There will always be a percentage of guys that have secret lives like Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun got his big contract, was a poster boy in a small town, was supposedly great on and off the field, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he is just, I mean, he's insulted everyone from the city of Milwaukee to Aaron Rodgers. So that's a, that's a pretty hard hill. I, I'm going to be interested to see what kind of hill Braun has to climb. Now, on his particular uh, apology, which is the new classic form of apology where there's no real apology. The apology is for undisclosed mistakes, which are clearly clearly coached by, you know, lawyers and such as, as the players are trying to protect the money that they have as baseball is going to try to find ways that these guys don't get paid. And, I, you know, I think that's right. I, I don't think these, if you're going to have a policy like this, the only way to really stop this as far as you're ever going to stop it, it will never be 100%. The only way you're going to do that is if you take away the money, if you get clauses in the contracts, and it'll be interesting if the MLBPA 
ever gets to the point where they're willing to do that. You know, that would be a first step to doing what baseball should really do, but but never will do, and that's non-guaranteed contracts. But that will be an interesting step to see if that happens in, uh, I think it's three years that they can renegotiate. So we'll see what happens in the meantime. As far as Braun's statement, uh, what was your take on that one? That's just a lot of white noise. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's full of crap. I haven't really, I've kind of tuned him out. Uh, you know, it's good that you admitted all this crap, but... Uh, but what did he admit? I think it was kind of obvious to everyone, and I really don't think anyone cares. <laughs> No, I mean, except for the people of Milwaukee who affects the teams and, you know, there's several, uh, you know, I guess restaurants in the Milwaukee area that kind of, you know, uh, Braun kind of attaches names to and, uh, you know, they, you know, that's all getting affected right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares at this point. They're, they've kind of tuned him out, especially since uh, Milwaukee is so irrelevant right now in, in the pennant race. If you know, if they're allowing A Rod to continue to play, why not suspend Braun at the start of next season when uh, it actually means something? Uh, uh, not when Milwaukee's, you know, 20 games out. Well, that's just, that's just simply because Braun, Braun decided not to fight. You know, right. you know several, these other players didn't decide, decide not to fight, but A-Rod is just the biggest goofball, uh, in my opinion, in the history of the world. I mean, he's got a bunch of yes-men. Uh, basically, and in Miami, he's got henchmen as well. If you, if you read all this stuff about biogenesis and what's happened to the people around it, you know, interesting cars following people. Yeah, I mean, he's had, you know, conversations with, like, Tony Bosch and Victor Conte over the last, like, month and a half, and, you know, no, who he, knows what the hell he's doing. But He's an absolute goofball who, who believes what he's doing is right, and he has not accepted in his brain everything he's doing. He, he lives in a fantasy world. These are the actions of a guy living in some sort of fantasy and the other thing that is that is actually true, and maybe the saddest point of all all this together, is A Rod does love to play baseball. He has proven over and over again that his need to play, he does love to play. He he loves it, but but he has this part of his personality that he had to be the best so bad that he had to do something that perhaps he never needed to do. But he wasn't going to take that chance. And and he, he lives in this really weird world where the best question you could probably ever ask him, and you'll never get an answer, is, Hey, Aaron, what do you think you would have done if you never had a PED? You know, I I don't know. And as far as going back to Braun, yeah, it, it's just a bunch of crap. I mean, it's nothing. What What will happen is that he will... Since he didn't take questions from reporters now, I don't think he's ever going to take questions from reporters. He's going to show up in spring training next year, and the rhetoric you're going to hear is, 
that's all in the past. I served my suspensions. I made. I served my suspension. I made mistakes. I'm sorry for what's happened. I want to focus on baseball. That is what you're going to hear next February. Yeah, yeah it's like the uh, the Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire rhetoric in front of con- uh, you know Congress. And I'm not here to talk about the past. That's exactly what it's going to be, and it's all lawyer-driven and money-driven. And the worst thing about this is the other worst thing. I mean, there's several bad things about it, just because it's annoying that we have to talk about it in the first place. But the other thing going on is simply that you know, I I don't know. I'm just so annoyed by this whole thing. You know, another guy's career was completely destroyed by Braun, and Braun still gets to get his $100 million while this guy doesn't have his job with a baseball anymore. And and what the guy was carrying was basically a test that was, was an accurate test that Braun eventually admitted to. But, you know, don't worry about this kid, you know, the, this guy that has, you know, family, uh, you know, losing his job because of what Braun said. I hope this guy takes Braun... To the cleaners and courts. Uh, I hope he does, but uh, who knows? <laughs> Braun might have the good enough rhetoric that he. he it's. Uh, it just sucks. Uh, let's. I'm so. I'm annoyed. Let's move on. Let's go. Let's go to. Let's go to NFL. <laughs> just. Uh, I'm sick of it. All right. The the first thing that and you brought this to my attention. I did a little research on it. Uh, a little interesting thing about a documentary between PBS and uh, ESPN going on. Where now ESPN is backing out of the deal. And it's uh, a documentary uh, done by uh, the Mark uh, Fura Wuka and Wanda. Boy, I can never. The guy is such a respected guy, I cannot ever say his name. Uh, it's the guy that's involved with all the research books and everything like that with a, with a dash in his name. <laughs> that's how I go with it. Behind the Barry Bonds book and all that, and sort of behind this documentary that's going to be about concussions in the NFL. NFL decides, hey, uh, apparently uh, ESPN pulled out of after uh, apparently a rumored meeting between John Skipper, Roger Goodell, and a couple other high-ranking officials from both sides. First of all, what's your first reaction on all that? I, I find it pretty interesting, the timing, uh, pretty interesting, uh you know, it's this is deep concern by the NFL with with all this stuff, and but uh, you know, if you ever watch PTI with uh, Wilbon and Kornheiser, uh, you know Wilbon always gets on uh, uh, Tony for uh, protecting the shield, and uh, that's uh, that's that's all this is. Oh yeah, I mean this is. Uh... First of all, I am going to be since I have done, I've read as much as I possibly can on concussions, and I, I have certain, certain very uh, strong feelings towards what what needs to happen in the future. Like I'm not sure what the answer is on the field to make it a watchable product, but I do think that there shouldn't be any any Pop Warner football. I, I know that a bunch of dads who want to live through their kids really hate me right now for saying that. But, you know, with my research in, in pitcher arms and the development of muscles and the development of the human body, you're not supposed to take shots in the head at 13 years old, period. You're just not supposed to. So I, I don't think you should, I, I think high school football is where it should begin. 
maybe start with freshman football, depending on how your district is, at the you know the grades, how they're split up, and teach the tackling then. And really, tackling is, football in the future is going to look a lot like the Arena League in scores because tackling is going to suffer. There's going to be even more points. There's going to be even more money going to quarterbacks. And that's the only way it's going to survive as presently constructed. So, yeah, I mean, do you think we're going to have football or the NFL in 15 years? 15, sure. Because this is going to be a long process to get everything figured out in the courts. I mean, we're, we're talking like 20 full years of lawsuits back and forth, appeals. Uh, you're going to see new lawsuits of high schools. You're going to see some high schools actually get rid of their programs because they don't want to deal with the risk. And what the NFL is doing is they're doing a great job of selling uh, certain aspects of their safety. Meanwhile, the, the truth is, is it's not any safer. Uh, you know, your knee pads and thigh pads uh, aren't going to protect the head. And, and the NFL is so scared of everything. that they're, they're scared to sign off on helmets. They're scared to sign off on, you know, they go on knee and thigh pads. Uh, but they don't do anything about uh, about uh, four four spots of buckling the chin strap. You you see uh, you know helmets flying off because they're not properly fitted. You see players using helmets that aren't rated in any way of helping prevent con- concussions. And it's because the NFL doesn't want to sign off of these things because they're scared of the waters they're stepping into as soon as they do so. So it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's real interesting that uh, was it the last two years basically Michael Vick has started to use like that uh, uh, the that Kevlar helmet. Yes, it's supposed to be so much more uh, you know protective than the normal helmet, and you know why not put that into production? Well, you know it, it and that's. There's, uh, there's a lot of good research being done by the military and uh, Virginia Tech and VMI, and it's all in that area of the country. And, and they're coming out and saying, look, these guys need to have these mouth guards. This will help. And you don't see anybody with mouth guards. And they say, look, you have to have a properly fitted helmet and a, and a four-spot chin strap. And, and, you know, just last night I'm watching Vince Young. Vince Young doesn't even have it buckled on one side. He has just one one strap, you know. And these are little things that 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 aren't being talked about. That needed to be talked about more. And as much as I I, I hate to read Greg Easterbrook drone on about these things every now and then, there's a lot of points that you can take from his particular research. And when you start reading into it, you know, you read into impact and and how the NFL is changing that impact was the uh, old rule of how to uh, diagnose and, and and treat concussions. You know, now they're changing that this year. So you're going to see guys miss longer times. That's great. Um, but we, like I said, it's we're 20 years away from having everything fully affected on the field. But I don't see a way that we can't, that we're not heading towards even more offense, arena-like scores, uh, bad tackling, uh, no kickoffs, you know, maybe no punts eventually. It might be just an automatic 40 yards where you give up the ball, you know, something like that. It, and what point do you do all this to save save the coffers of the owners and the league 
Uh, and what what point do we reach of uh, what the watchable product is? I don't know that answer. I, I just see where this has to be going, and that's it. I mean, it's it's yeah. Interesting. I mean, I I heard several different interviews this week, and uh, one of them was with uh, uh, Leonard Marshall. He's the uh, he he he's doing stuff with. Uh, the NFL and concussions and all that, but uh, I mean the the former players hate what's going on right now. He considers, uh, uh, you know, he's the former great defensive lineman for the Giants, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he said he was at a Giants game last last year, and uh, uh, he was uh, sitting there with Gary Reasons, and he he considers today's game the WWE. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of guys feel that way, but, you know, and and, and it's going to be interesting how how the liability actually falls because, the, you know, the players, there are, it's going to be interesting when you see things like this docs that's going to come out and see how it's skewed. Uh, look, we have some verifiable evidence out there about how the research for boxing in the 80s and the NFL basically ignoring it. I mean, you have some very public interviews that are way too recent in the in the past that really hurts the NFL when this goes down to it. I mean, it's one thing to admit that it's a violent sport. It's another thing to say, oh, we knew about this, and we're going to throw you back in the game anyway. But going back to the news story is, one, I absolutely believe that the NFL would put pressure on um, but I also want to see exactly how the docu be skewed. So maybe there was good reason for it. You know, there's two sides to everything here. But as far as me believing that there might have been a meeting and that's why ESPN is pulling out, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, ESPN is going to do whatever they can to, you know, keep Monday Night Football and whatever else kind of programming they have going. So they're they're not going to endanger that. Well, the ESPN pays the NFL a billion dollars for Monday Night Football, and it's one it's uh, their highest rated show, even when they have crappy games and crappy announcing. Uh, so uh, I I you know I don't know the answer to all this. I, I'd say we're twenty years away, but you're going to see some interesting stuff happen in that time and. What it actually does in the long run, I I can't tell you. Um, other than what I, what seems to me is the obvious stuff. So we'll see. I, I mean, and then you got you had one other uh, interesting news bit I, I didn't get to research much on. So why don't you share that with everybody? Because I no I haven't seen any article that uh, was I haven't seen any highly promoted article on this. So uh, go ahead and let everybody else know what's uh, another possible black eye. Um, yeah, uh, as, as, uh, as you know, the Browns, uh, have been dealing with, uh, um, basically, uh, Tats fraud and, uh, other charges with, uh, Jimmy Haslam out there in Cleveland. Uh, Browns also had a undrafted free agent accused of murder a few months ago, uh, but uh, now there is a second owner, uh, basically uh, Ziggy Wolf, the uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings owner, 
Um, I just don't know how the NFL approves these guys to be owners, but uh, apparently uh, when he was uh, running uh, uh, apartment complexes in New Jersey, uh, a, a judge has uh, fined that Wilf has committed civil fraud and racketeering 21 years ago. <laughs> Well, so now uh, th- this happened just yesterday that uh, the the Minnesota state legislator said uh, they're not going to do anything in terms of their new stadium uh, until a full investigation and everything is uh, brought to light about the about the owners of their team. Well, first of all. Um... There is a, I, I, everyone has their process, and the, and the first step in the process is, do you have the money? Uh, the NFL is a lot better in their vetting process than, say, Major League Baseball, uh, who approved Frank McCourt on basically Monopoly dollars. Now, here's the sad fact about business and the NFL and big money. Couple sad facts. A lot of people get rich the right way. A lot of these guys got rich the right way. They sold something, they created something, they did this, they did that. There's a higher percent. Okay, so you got two black guys out of 32 owners right now. That's a pretty good percentage because I'm telling you, (coughs) it's higher than um, six, uh, it's higher than six percent. The amount of really rich guys that have either done shady things to get where they are or absolutely stepped on a bunch of people that they pissed off to get where they are. You're going to have this. I I don't see this as a big issue that other people see, Uh, especially when you compare American sports team owners to, say, international sports team owners. You you do a little research, you know, the guys owning EPL teams. Well, let's just say all the major soccer teams. Now, of course, now there's, you know, there's several owners of EPL teams uh, that are, that are uh, also American sports team owners. But the bigger story on this is not that some guy did racketeering 21 years ago. Uh, there, you would be able to find other owners in every single professional organization uh eventually, if you looked hard enough, doing shady things in their past. And I'm telling you, it's more than 6%. So the the NFL being at 6%, not too bad. But the bigger story is the stadium. The stadium is the much bigger story. If they can't get the stadium built, Minnesota might become the Los Angeles Vikings at some point. (laughs) I, You know, there's... The biggest team that I think there's there's two teams that could possibly go to Los Angeles now, and, and the NFL is jonesing for it. So the NFL is not going to step in on this because they actually have something that could happen in the long run from this that they like. They're going to let it play out. They're going to say all the right things in the press and all that, you know, like they did with Haslam too. But the truth is, the NFL badly wants the LA stuff to happen. And there's only three teams that's going to happen with it's the Chargers, the Rams, and maybe the Vikings. And now, the, and, and then it wasn't going to be the Vikings at all. And, and and people always say the Jags. It's not true. The Jags with their stadium deal is so fantastic for the team. There's 
and so long out there, there's no reason the Jags are going to leave. You know, people just want to look at the worst teams in the league and say, hey, they can move. No, it, it's, it has nothing to do with that. So. They could move to England. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do think there's a at least a 12% chance that they actually become the London Silly Nannies. <laughs> but, you know, that's just my opinion. So the, the bigger story here is not that there's a shady rich guy. Uh, there's lots of them. I mean, Donald Sterling still owns an NBA team, for God's sake. The guy is a, uh, in my opinion, if you're listening, Donald Sterling's lawyers, it's only my opinion uh, that he's a racist tool. But <laughs> well, he is, in my opinion, allegedly. What are all those other words I have to say? Anyway, um, I, I just, look. The stadium deal, that's what you want to see. So if, if the Vikings have to play in that, you know, ragtag, uh, you know, uh, thrown-together roof that uh, who knows how long that was rated to stay up, it, it, it could be a very, very interesting situation in Minnesota. And it's sad because at this point, Minnesota's the Minnesota Vikings. You, you think of the cold weather up there. You think of all those old games. You think of the Metrodome. You think of the... It would be sad if they moved, but, again, the NFL wants the L.A. LA to happen. They're not going to step into this. They're going to say the right things, and, and that'll be it. Uh, it's kind of funny because 50 years ago or whatever it was, uh, the Lakers used to be in Minneapolis. That's why they were the Minneapolis Lakers. And they moved to L.A. where there are no lakes. <laughs> <laughs> and now it looks like the Vikings might do the same thing. Where no Vikings ever landed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that you know, yeah, maybe they, maybe you get a third team that, that that has no no affiliation with uh, Los Angeles as well, and again they just pull like a trifecta, you know, three yeah, sports. The, the, the Timberwolves are Nets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're 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 on the we're right there in L.A. There's no wolves. Actually, there might be wolves. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's in play. Because there, there might be wolves out there. I don't know. I refuse to go to the state of California for reasons I don't want to discuss on the podcast. No, I'm not I, I'm not wanted there or anything. I just really think that it's way overdue for the big one. And with my luck, I'll be there for it. But, you know, for, for, let's forget about that. Uh, uh, before we go on to the big NFL preview, uh, that will take the rest of the podcast, uh, just some thoughts on, on the Bears. Both you and I, uh, it sounds like we both saw the Raiders-Bears game last night. Uh, well, well, take a step back here before we get into the Bears. I, I want sure. to get into, uh, basically talk about one last thing of uh, the league in general, of, uh, you know, talking about the, the injuries, around the league and, uh, you know, whether we think uh, uh, preseason will be reduced and the reduced practice time and all that type of stuff. Well, we already have the reduced practice time. I mean, the only the only thing that makes sense for preseason anymore, um, in my opinion, is, is two games and you're not going to see the starters at all. And they better lower the damn prices because it's ridiculous. And, and if... The owners are going to have to suck it up a little bit. They are making tons and tons of money, and they, they just need to stop being so stubborn about something so stupid. And if Godell pushes an 18-game regular season, well, that's a dumb idea too because 
yeah, the owners will get more money that way, but they will also spend more money because there's no way the NFLPA is going to let their players play two more regular season games with some sort of kick without some sort of kickoff and salary salaries commiserate to having so so much more risk to their players. It doesn't make any sense to do it any way other than that. So it just makes sense nowadays that you let the players that are fighting for spots, you play them for two games and and decide it. I you know. I don't see why you yeah, need any more. I, mean, uh, I, I, I think something's going to happen. I don't know how soon, but I mean, you know, just the owners, uh, you know, basically the amount of money they they're they're allocating the injured reserve before the season actually starts and games that don't mean anything. I think somebody's going to take a look at that along along the way and say, we need to get rid of this crap. Well, I, I think there's a push for it now. And the one thing that, that, that bothers me about this whole thing is that I think there's another solution out there. And I think it's the 17-3 model. Um, and no one likes to talk about this because for some reason we're just obsessed with even numbers. Everything has to be even. Well, what you do... Uh, if you have an odd number of games, if you have three preseason games, and you don't see, and you and you charge half price and all that good stuff, and you add another regular season game, but the what you do is if the NFL really wants to promote its product, well, then have each team play a neutral site game for that seventeenth game. Have sixteen neutral site games. You can play these in several areas. You can go to Canada. You can go to Mexico City. You want to promote it back in Japan, which, I, you know, that, that didn't work out. Uh, for some reason, they stopped having the Japan Bowl. But there are places you can go where you'll make a ton of money. You don't, we're not going to worry. Have to have to worry about sellouts. If you show up in the middle of nowhere and you're the only NFL game in town for that, for that city that year, you're going to sell out. So these concerns that you know people have about home games, this home games, that you, know, you just split the gates in those in those uh, neutral seat, uh, neutral site places, and there you go. You, you get rid of trying to break ties more often. I guarantee it. You're, you'll have more nine and eight teams and eight and nine teams, and I, I I don't know why we're not talking about that option more. I mean, sixteen two makes the most sense, but the owners will go to their grave fighting for those for the money that they're getting on the preseason games that are just it's just an absolute terrible deal. And, you know, I have season tickets to the Bears. Uh in eight years, I have sold I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna fly out to Chicago for a preseason game. I've sold exactly three three games in eight years. Three <laughs> Three out of 32 games. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And it's the smallest stadium in the league. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You would think that people... Chicago is a big, nice social town where people's out a lot in the summer. And nope. Three. So, yeah, I could just basically take those four preseason games and consider those... That's my real price of the rest of my tickets. (laughs) You know that's it's ridiculous. So, you know, you know, you know, and the biggest uh, biggest thing about injuries, you're not going to predict them. Uh, I mean, but what you will do is see less and less starters over time. 
Yeah, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers only played one series last night. Yeah, I know. You know, and Russell Wilson, well, you know, when you're in a quarterback situation like they are, where I think now Vince Young is definitely in the number two. Yeah, Graham Harrell. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's pretty smart of McCarthy to just go ahead and say, yeah, you, you got Aaron, you got <laughs> Aaron trots onto the field and uh, just, you know, does a couple of warm-up tosses. Goes right back to the locker room. Takes a dump, does his taxes. So, I don't know. I mean, do you, what do you think of the 17-3 idea? Um, I think that's a very good idea, but, uh, you know, the, the owner's... Uh, you know, having a team travel outside of their respective city, uh, I just don't know if they would ever go, go go along with it. Why not? You you split the gates. I mean, it, it basically that's saying, okay, we're going to give you this game where you're guaranteed to make like you used to and probably more on the preseason game. So we're going to give you an extra game where you can make your money. And then, yeah, you got to give up on those first three preseason games, but we're going to give you a game that counts that you're guaranteed to make a boatload on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it sounds like a good idea. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that that would, you know, that would be good. But I, I have no idea. I mean, it would be it would be cool to see like the Raiders versus the Patriots in Nebraska, <laughs> you know, or, or even, yeah. or even other little stuff like the Titans versus the Panthers in Knoxville. Yeah. At Neyland stadium. It's bigger than any other stadium, any stadium in the NFL, <laughs> you know, it'll make a ton. I, to promote the product. I mean, what? Just because everyone's still hung over from Saturday in SEC football, they're not going to show up at the game on Sunday? Screw that. They'll show up. You might have to wheel a couple people in there, but hey, they'll show up. <laughs> well, let's move on. Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. You have any no, no, no. I think, uh, think that uh, that covers everything uh, you know, I wanted to talk about. Unless you want to talk a little bit more about the, uh, you know, the the strike zone of the of the tackling and what happened with Dustin Keller, and uh, you know the personal foul and fine that got assessed to John Bostick of the Bears, and yeah, you know those, those opinions are pretty obvious. I mean, uh, that, that's just the evolution of the game we were talking about earlier due to concussions, and uh, that's going to be one of the things about uh, the product on the field and what time, when, when, what you get to when people start uh, tuning out. So we'll see. Right. Um, as far as uh, well, we can talk about the Bears within the NFL preview. So let, what I want to get an idea, like my super preview, is with Hack next Saturday. Uh, so I want to I want to have the you have the bulk of the conversation here. Uh, essentially, I want to I want to get an idea of who you think are playoff teams in each each league, and um, you know sort of sort of rank them like teams that have no chance, teams that you think that are you know that have a chance, and that that you know teams of no chance, teams with a chance. Uh, who you think are Super Bowl contenders? 
I, I think it's really easy to start off with. Uh, I think the Ravens are are a, a great place for us to start. What's your take on them? Um, I think they got some issues. Um, I, uh, you know, Flacco doesn't appear to have uh, much uh, confidence in anybody except for Torrey Smith. Uh, I watched a lot of the preseason game versus the Panthers the other day. Uh, you know, Bolden's gone, Pitta's gone, and uh, their offense uh, is going to look probably like the Bears' offense last year of chucking it 200 times to Torrey Smith and uh, getting the ball in the hand of Ray Rice, and, you know, who knows what you're going to get from these other receivers. Well, I mean, it was probably good for them to, to get Stokely. Um but uh, the the problems that the Ravens have are, are are pretty clear, and it's hard for me to say otherwise. And boy, you know, you lose the tight ends. Jacoby Jones is your number two. Fantasy people got to be thinking, hey, I will love to have Ray Rice this year because I don't know how you do not rely on him more in the passing game. Uh, while he still gets the carries that he gets every single season. So, uh, just first glance, are they a playoff contender? Or is it, are we back to the idea that the Super Bowl winner doesn't make the playoffs? Or uh, well, Actually, usually it's a Super Bowl uh, runner-up that doesn't, but are we? is it possible that we actually see that? Yeah, I mean, I I can see them being eight and eight, nine and seven, uh, nine and seven. I think the AFC overall is pretty terrible, so nine and seven will probably get into the playoffs. Uh, but uh, I mean, I think the Bengals are the Bengals are one of the most talented talented teams in the league, and uh, I think uh, the. the Talent-wise, at least, they, they have the best roster in that division. So, I mean, I, I have them finishing first, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a dogfight for second with Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and, and Baltimore. I, I just don't – they've lost too much, uh, in my opinion. Well, it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, I, I've been saying all off season, and, and uh, you know, I said it in the in the podcast with Collinsworth that I, I do feel that the Bengals are the most talented team in that division, and it comes down to the development of Andy Dalton. But I, I really like what they did around him, and I think they can play to his strengths with the talent they put there, especially with Eifert and Bernard. And all indications are that they are going to use Bernard. Um, a lot so you know it's it's that's an interesting division um the AFC the AFC stinks <laughs> and you know you're supposed to have 50 percent turnover in the NFL uh I think last year we only had four new playoff teams it's really hard for me to deviate too far from what happened last year it really is I, I uh yeah, I mean, uh, there was a topic earlier uh, 
on the radio, they were saying, do you see any worse to first teams this year? I, I sure as hell don't. Not in the AFC. I mean, it's possible in the NFC, but I... Boy, all right. Well, do you have uh, any trust in any other team in the AFC East other than the Patriots? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think... Uh... I think Miami will be better, but uh, uh, I don't know what Tannehill's going to do. And, and, you know, everyone loved the signing of Mike Wallace for them. I'm not sure that I do. You know, there's a personality thing that with Wallace where he would dog blocking and sometimes he just ran straight up the field and... Teams like the Steelers and quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger can probably bring that in line. I'm not so convinced that a second-year guy who's still trying to find his feet, like Ryan Tannehill, will be able to address that that situation easily or correctly. So I, you know, the only team that I think is on the upswing is the Bills because I think they're going to score more points this year, uh, especially if Manuel can stay healthy once he's back. Uh, but Upswing, I don't know. Uh, is upswing more than uh, one or two more wins? I don't think so. You know. No, I mean that. I don't even know if anybody can name one Bills linebacker. <laughs> Kiko right Alonso. They they used to have Puzlesny. They used to have uh, Nick Barnett. <laughs> All those guys are gone. Kiko Alonso, Nigel Branham. Thank you. I just, yeah. dro- I just dropped the mic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's continue this. This is a good exercise. In the AFC North, do you trust anyone besides – well, the AFC North, who don't? Who you trust the most, who you trust the least? Like, like Rank it that way. I, I'll, I'll give you me. I trust the Bengals the most. I trust the uh, – Boy, it gets hard. I, I think I trust the... Uh, I trust the Ravens and the Steelers equally. <laughs> and then, and then I, I, I Cleveland just... I don't have them that far behind as of next year. Um, where, where are you sitting in that whole division? I, I can see... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm about the same. And then uh, I heard a pretty interesting take earlier this week that uh, uh, the Browns this year will score more points than the Steelers, but the Steelers will have a better record. Well, I can absolutely believe that. I, I You know, I, I'm keeping this kind of in my back pocket. I, I When I come up with my predictions, I do... Football outsiders, I, I read everything that I can, but then I take the actual schedule and then I actually look like where the teams have to go, where they have to travel. Are, are you playing on Monday night and then have to travel out west? That sort of thing. Those are, those are predictors of how teams do. Teams, you know, teams do badly in certain situations and, and that sort of thing. So I, I've, I've done my first take of that in, in preparation for next Saturday for the Super Preview, but... I will tell you this, that's not a bad prediction, and I've got those teams uh, 
pretty close. I've got I've got those teams within three wins of each other for the whole division this year, uh, and I really do believe that Norv is not a good head coach, but he's a great coordinator, and I. It, you know, the Browns are really going to be hurt by those two games that uh, Gordon misses. And I, I I would have put that that home opener against Miami as a slam dunk win if Gordon was able to play. You know, and, th- and then they play Baltimore right away. So, it's an I interesting... 8-8 eight eight might make a wild card this year in the AFC. <laughs> well, I don't want to give anything away a week ahead of time, but let's say that... Uh, very yes. <laughs> I, my first go at it, and, and this could change, and I'll give this one away. My first go at it has the Colts making the playoffs at eight and eight. <laughs> so let's go to the AFC South. Who do you trust other than the Texans? I like the Colts. I think they will make the playoffs. Uh, I, I know you know Arians is gone. I think uh, picking up Pep Hamilton, both me and you know him very well. He was a quarterback coach for the Bears under Lovey for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, but, he had no uh, quarterbacks that were any good to coach. But Right. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, the, he worked with Luck at Stanford, I think. Uh, he ran his offense. It was Pep Hamilton's offense at Stanford. He is now running the offense that he ran in college. I I, yeah, I don't think people I, are making I, this. I could see the Colts winning 10 games. I, I don't think 10. I, I think, uh, again, my first go at it has them at 8-8 eight and eight and making the playoffs. That is how bad the AFC is. So... And really, I don't think the tech boy, the Texans are only going to have a good record kind of by by default. They really they don't have a bad go of it this year for a team that's made the playoffs two years in a row and is supposed to have a tough schedule. They they really don't. I I've got them between ten and twelve wins right now. So, but the rest of that division is crap. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got like two crap divisions. We've got an up and coming team in one division, and then we've got the AFC West. Which, boy, what's worse, the AFC West or the AFC East? Well, I, I don't know if you saw any of the Bears game last night, but uh, it looks like uh, the first team, uh, high school team, to beat the Raiders right now. That's they, they, they just got absolutely pummeled last night in the first half. Oh, yeah, uh, 27-3. Yeah, the Seabass 59-yard field goal to end the half. And he, he shanked a 46-yarder earlier. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, you know, let's let's go ahead. Before we get to the rest of the, okay, let's, let's finish the AFC, and then we'll get into the, we'll finish the, then we'll get into the Bears and do the NFC. Let's finish the AFC here. Anybody you trust on the AFC West besides the Broncos? Do you, uh... Do you see the Chiefs uh, as a possible playoff team? A possible playoff team, yes. And I, and I actually think the Broncos, with uh, their injuries and departures and uh, now the whole Von Miller situation, I, I actually have them only going like 10-6, and 9-7. 
which will still be good enough to win that division. But I, I don't, I don't see them being a one seed or maybe even a two seed. I, I just, I really, I really don't. I think they're not going to be as good as everybody thinks with uh, all the negative stuff that has gone on with it. Well, I, I do think that's going to. Uh... Uh, I do think that is going to have a, an effect on the team, and I, I'm not sure on the overall record. I, I, I have them with a pretty good record on the first thing, but I, I'm, I'm going to have to take away a win or two. I'm just going to have to try to find the games to do that. But, again, they're not in trouble. So so in the AFC as a whole, I, I count uh, uh, with our going back and forth there, I count that half the league you can just write off. <laughs> and then you have eight teams that could possibly make the playoffs, or, or nine teams, uh, maybe, maybe eight. So we got, what, New England is one, obviously. You got Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati as three other possibilities. Then you have Indianapolis and Houston as two more. And the last two possible, even th- teams we think are even possible, are Denver and Kansas City. And of that group of eight, the only new teams that you would have there would be Pittsburgh and Kansas City. <laughs> AFC sucks. <laughs> That's bad. That's not good. That's bad. So, you know, if, if you have a, a, a season where someone could completely surprise, it could be the Browns. It's It's crazy. You can see the Browns possibly making it at eight and eight, and the Baltimore bringing up the rear at seven and nine, where both playoff teams come from the North, and the other three division winners are it. That's how bad the AFC is. Oh God! Let's move on to the NFC. I mean, do you want to throw any other team in there? Do you? Do you want to possibly throw in the Dolphins as as a, as a maybe? Uh, <laughs> okay, <no>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the Bears. I think finally last night, the biggest takeaway from the Bears last, last night is uh, two things that I've been talking about already this preseason um, since I've been watching every preseason game of the starters playing for every team. I, I don't watch the third and fourth quarters because I, I don't care. I'll watch it a little bit just uh, just to see a couple of guys I'm interested in. I think we finally saw some of the stuff that you're going to see from the Tressman offense. Now, we had some bad drops last night by Brandon Marshall, but and yes, they were playing like uh, what at this point is the NFL's version of a triple-A team. But you finally, we finally saw some things that we've never seen before in our lifetimes. And me being 33 years old, I, it, it really is something when you when you see an offense that actually tries to take advantage of matchups. You know, we saw a five wide receiver set where you had two tight ends split out wide. You you finally saw uh, Michael Bush and Matt Forte in the same backfield, which was basically verboten. You know, under Lovey Smith, you, you saw you saw the how they're going to try to get uh, Matt Forte more into the passing game. He took a swing pass and just bolted 32 yards for a touchdown last night where he wasn't touched. And, and a great and the other thing that I saw Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett all did an excellent job of blocking downfield. 
And you can tell that that's something, a point of emphasis in the Trestman offense. You can see how hard those guys are working downfield, and that swing pass for Forte's touchdown was a perfect example of that. Uh, you want to throw some things in there on the possibly the concerns on defense and throw in your comments on the offense, please, too. Well, the defense, uh, defense looks great, looks solid. Uh, the only concern is, uh, you know, depth uh, right now. The number four defensive tackle, I believe, is uh, is uh, Zach Minter, who's a undrafted free agent. But even he's uh, looked all right. And uh, you know. As far as the offense goes, I mean, it's it looks like the two rookie linemen might be okay. I, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I, as a Bears fan, I think even in the preseason, uh, I think we can be happy with no sacks last night. Yeah. Not a single sack. And, uh, boy, I really think that I, I think Mills and Long are the answer on that side. I I didn't see deficiencies in their game. I, I really didn't. And, boy, what a terrible comment on previous administrations. <laughs> when you look at something like that where, hey, look, we can get a guy late in the draft and have him be good. Oh, or we can get a guy in the first round who's just completely athletically gifted and have him be good. You know, maybe it's good in the first round to get an athletically gifted guy instead of the guy who had surgery on his back or his knee. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> but uh, do you have any, I agree with you on the rest. I mean, Bostic looks great. I mean, his only problem is that he can't shed blockers at the second level. Whatever. He's young. Yeah, he, he gets lost uh, sometimes in pass coverage, too, but uh, that, that'll get better. He's a rookie. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, Kasim Green has looked, you know, he's looked up and down. He had a good first game, not so good second game, and was eh, a little bit there. You know, so they're going to be fine. Uh, you know, the, the key is going to be can the safeties really support? the mistakes that you're going to see from the young linebacking core, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I'm not that concerned with the defense at all. Um, let's go to this. I'd like the exercise that we did before, so let, let's do that. Who do you trust in the NFC East? I like the Redskins. Uh, even though RG3 is coming back from the brutal knee injury, he has had a knee injury before. <laughs> People uh, forget about uh, he had a knee injury when he was at Baylor. Uh, uh, but other than that, no. That, and, uh, I think I think the Giants are actually going to have a losing season this year, and Coughlin's going to get fired. Well, that's pretty bold. I mean, the, the Giants, you feel like the talent has always been there, but there are certainly a lot of questions. Uh, you know, you have questions of defensive back. You, basically, the whole back seven on defense, you got questions. Uh, it, you know, they're, let's put it this way. If something happens to a linebacker this year in New York, you're going to be talking about, like, Dan Connor. You know, a great special teams guy. Are you going to be talking about Joaquin Williams? You know, 
I, I don't know. Um, I actually trust two teams in this division so far. I, I trust, but there's one big caveat to one. Yes, I only trust the Redskins, too, as a number one trust. I kind of trust the Eagles, though, too. I, I think the Eagles will score points. I just don't know if they could stop anybody. Right. Right. I, I, yeah. Uh, and and all I'm saying is, if they find ways to actually stop some teams every now and then, they're gonna they're gonna win some games, and and they they can take advantage of they can take advantage of the rest of that division this year because yeah, I don't, I don't think Dallas or New York are, are as strong, and Dallas obviously going through transition. So we'll see. And um, you know, Tony Romo's not far away from the the age of quarterbacks where they start to decline. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, NFC North, do you trust anybody but the Packers? Jesus. I mean, <laughs> this, this division is, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just like the NFL as a whole or as a, or if you're playing fantasy football, like, you know, quarterbacks sits through 25. I mean, how much of a difference is there? <laughs> you know, I, I, I really don't know at this point what the differences are between the, the Lions, Bears, and the Vikings, other than Christian Ponder is uh, far away from the other quarterback. In the, in that division. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings. It's any one of these teams can go six and ten. Any one of these teams can go ten and six. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I will tell you. I really have no idea. I do not trust the Vikings. Lions and Bears, <laughs> you can sell me on. Yeah, I think the Bears are a playoff team in the AFC. No, okay. <laughs> well, if we're if we're debating the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Browns, <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> so, all right, uh, NFC South. Do you trust anybody? Well, who? Do, well, this is a very interesting division. So. We'll say that for last, actually. Uh, NFC West, any hope for the Rams and Cardinals? Uh, I mean, we trust the Niners and Seahawks, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No on those other two teams. All right, bigger Albatross contract. Sam Bradford or, or not? Uh, the, uh, the Dominican Sioux? Um... Well, considering, you know, I, I heard a stat yesterday that, uh, well, it wasn't yesterday, but a few days ago, that the the Rams only have uh, one guy on their roster from uh, 2008. That's correct. 2008 draft. That's correct. Uh, so they basically don't have anybody they have to pay except for Bradford and Chris Long. <laughs> uh, so you, you got to go with Sue, just combining all the all the factors. Yeah, I, I threw this out on Football Pros yesterday, but uh, I want to throw this out here on the podcast too for people that don't get to see the articles and, and like to listen to these on the road. Uh, 
I think the Lions should trade Sue. The the three guys with twenty million dollars a season is killing that team's chance of developing. Just killing it. You cannot have half of your salary cap go to three players. And you're not gonna get rid of the best receiver in the world. And you're not gonna get rid of Matt Stafford, even if he doesn't care what his mechanics are and sometimes looks like he's throwing a slingshot. Um the guy to get rid of and trade is Sue. And the time to do it is now. You have a few more years in that rookie deal. You can sell somebody with some cap space on the idea that they can form his attitude in time and worry about the contract later. I think their front four, from what I saw against the Patriots, and actually the rest of the preseason, I think they would be fine without him. I really do. And I, I think it was a very underrated signing for Adonage for them. And I think they could build a, on the other side of the line um, throughout the draft in the next couple of seasons. I think it's a very smart move if they got rid of Sue. And it's not just because I, I don't like him because of what he's done to Jay Cutler all these years. It really isn't. I think it's a smart business move for that team. And, uh, you know, it's one that people aren't talking about. After all, I mean... Again, I'm all about smart business moves. I think the Bears should cut Peppers next season to save $9 million. Even though I love Peppers. And he's been absolutely worth his contract. But they're going to need to sign all those guys next year. I I think the Bears are going to need to cut Peppers. So, what do you think about that opinion? Uh, I agree. I mean, I don't know if the Lions will do it or even consider it. But... uh... They're dumb not to. They're dumb not to. Yeah, I mean, Stafford just got a new deal, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And so did did Johnson, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, you know, the Lions lost three-fifths of their starting offensive line, and, uh, you know, they could use some of that money to get a lineman in there or something. Uh, yeah, let's let's say what's let's say they did say, wow, this is Riley Rife's not the guy. And then this offseason, whoever I'm not sure who the best tackle out there is, but who, let's say whoever it is, uh, they're gonna have to pay him ten million dollars. Right. So, so what are you gonna do when that now you're up to four players in seventy million? <laughs> what are you gonna do with that? It's it's an untenable situation. It's just not gonna work that way. And if the Lions want to have consistent success, they have to, well, they have to, they're finally drafting better. Um, you know, now they got to get smart business-wise, too. All right, let's move on to the, uh, let's move on to the most interesting division, I, I think, the, the NFC South. I don't think it's the best of it. Well, actually, I do think it's the best division, actually. Uh, they have, uh, on my first write-up, they do have the best record of any division in football. But I only have one team actually making the playoffs right now. Which I know sounds crazy, but it's true. So, you tell me who you trust first. And I'll I'll tell you who I have as a division winner right now, and then we'll discuss the other teams in general. Who do you trust out of that division? Um, The Falcons, the Saints, um, you know... Uh, Tampa Bay could be a lot better. Um, 
And then, uh, who am I missing? The Panthers? No, Panthers, not yet. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll go in on that. Uh, as much as I like him, and as much as I thought he was a good defensive coordinator, the the Panthers are not going to be good until they get rid of Ron Rivera. I, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're supposed to be able to, there's, you know, there's all these little stats out there that you're supposed to bounce back from, you know, that you'll go over time in close games. You're, you're always supposed to be around 50%. Well, Ron Rivera is two and 12 in close games. And, and so is Cam Newton, obviously. And I think it's, I've seen enough of how that team gets out of the gates and I think I've seen enough bad decisions in late games where they've actually had leads. I think I've seen enough to say that this is not one of those things where it's just a stat thing. It's that the coach is actually not good enough. And the team that I trust in that division is the Saints. I think they might be in delayed FU mode. Well, the defense can't possibly be as bad as it was last year. So you got that going. Yeah. They're not going to have the worst, def- one of the worst defenses in the history of football again. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. It might have been one. Of, it, it's up there. It, it probably was in the top five of worst, just awful. You know, they couldn't could get turnovers. They, they, all you could do is just pass on them. It was hilarious. Yeah, but they were number one in terms of yards and NFL history and yards given up. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. Um, so that's the only team I trust. Though I think all the other teams could be good. And, and you know, one of the little secret things about I know I've already discussed the Panthers. One of the little secret things about the Panthers is that this is sort of a contract year for Newton. He can renegotiate after this season. Yeah, you don't trust the Falcons, huh? No, no, I don't trust their defense. I really don't. I, you know, they've lost like little losses like Grimes and Owens in the secondary, and they, you know, don't have Abraham anymore. Which he was still a good situational rusher last year. I, I don't. I, I think Matt Ryan is going to have an excellent season, but I'm not sure if that excellent season is going to be much better than nine and seven with that defense. Uh, I don't know. I, I think their losses were, were minimal. Uh, human era for Abraham is kind of a wash. I don't think he has anything left either, though. I think OC, I don't think I, I don't like what I've seen from Osi. Now I don't think he's been healthy. He obviously wasn't healthy. No. But again, that's the old rule. But Grimes didn't even play last year. Even though he's good, he didn't even play last year. So you can kind of throw losing him out the window because sure we have not we have nothing to go on uh, with that. But uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see the fall off being that steep from going thirteen and three and the, the not trusting them. I, I don't know. Okay, hey, that's fine that we disagree. I, I just I'm not as high on them. I just don't. I just they, they're not on my trust list. So as far as our trust list go, um, I have the Eagles on there, and you don't, and you have the Falcons on there, and I don't. 
And, and I think that's the only way we differ. So in the NFC, our, our, our playoff pool, if you will, and I'll include both of our, our maybes, uh, would be Washington, Philadelphia, Green Bay, maybe the Bears or Lions, um, New Orleans, Atlanta, Seattle, San Francisco. Yep. <laughs> and that doesn't deviate much from last year either, does it? No, no. Uh, was it? Uh, well, yeah, the Vikings were up there, but uh, well, me and you both have them number four, probably in the division. Well, I, you know, with Mister Samantha Ponder, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I actually liked them a little bit coming into the draft, uh, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, we'll see. I mean. Uh, there, there's nothing. There's no predictor out there for him either, in my opinion. So, well, any last? Uh, well, the last prediction. Um, give me the teams that you do. So we've got our playoff pools. So as of right now, give me your twelve playoff teams and your Super Bowl pick. I'm going to reserve mine for next week. So even though you're on this podcast, you're going to actually have to listen to another one. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, we'll do, uh, Patriots, Bengals, Houston, uh, Denver, it's so dicey in the AFC. <laughs> well, that's your four uh, division Kansas winner. Kansas City and uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, All right. All right, uh, NFC. Um... Washington, Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Seattle, San Francisco. Boy, not a lot of deviation there either. All right, give me your Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go with a really weird pick of... uh, Seattle versus Denver. (laughs) All right. Who wins? Seattle. All right. Well, you know, I don't think that was out of the realm of weird picks. If you want to go weird pick, you go Cincy, Washington. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, I've seen Denver, Seattle. I haven't seen Cincy, Washington yet. Well, uh, one last segment here. Uh, this has been an absolute blast. And um, Model American. And those who grew up around our uh, time period will recognize this name. For others, I'll tell you who he was. Chad Curtis. Yes, Chad Curtis. Uh, one of the uh, members of the Mark Chimura fan club now. <laughs> Apparently is... Uh, Facing charges of uh, diddling some uh, 13 to 16 year old girls. Chad Curtis, former outfielder for uh, the Yankees, the Tigers, the Indians, and the Angels. And um, yeah, he decided that he wanted to become a uh, volunteer instructor in uh, in the weight room or something. Uh 
And then uh, apparently said, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to do some terrible things. You know, even though I made millions of dollars and I, you know, sure, if I really wanted to uh, find a woman on the street, I could. Instead, he said, nah, nah, I'm going to volunteer at this high school and uh, allegedly uh, diddle um, young girls. So, yeah, Chad, this is this is not how you go about things, uh, clearly. You don't want to be mentioned in the same sentence as Mark Shimura. But I'm going to give another little piece of advice. And, and I'm going to give a little bit of 10% culpability here to the high school. Now, I know that's, that's, that's a little dangerous opinion there. But let me explain why. And this, is a, this is a theory that almost everyone should start adhering to. It's actually an Adam Carolla theory. Which is... You never want to hire the guy that is just a little too excited to be around young kids. So, the fact that an old dude wanted to come to the weight room and supervise young girls for free means there should have been an immediate red flag. Probably should have just said no immediately. Maybe not even 10%. 8%. 8% culpability. Obviously, the guy's a scuzzball. And almost all falls on him. But this is just a general rule. And this goes with anything. Like um, Boy Scout troops. Uh, anything uh, sleepover supervision. That sort of thing. If, if, if there's a big group of kids and say, Hey, who wants to watch these kids? You take the first guy that raises his hand and you tell him no. Because no one really wants to do it. It's even if it's your kid, you're taking a Friday night, you're taking a Saturday night. You're you got to be around these annoying little brats all the time. You know they're running around screaming. You know you just deal with it. You're like I'm doing this for the good of everybody else. They're gonna buy me a six pack on Sunday for this. All right, I'm gonna get through this. You don't want to say yes to the guy that says, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, I love kids. No, no, don't say yes to that guy. That's how you get these stories. That's how you get the Chad Curtis's of the world. Always give that job to the guy who wants to do it the least. Because they'll at least work hard at it, and they're not going to diddle the kids. They don't even want to be there. They're not going to be thinking about diddling kids. They're going to be thinking about how they're going to get drunk once the kids are asleep. Just a little piece of advice for the world, it, 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 and I, I agree with it. Never, never hire the, never get the person. Well, they didn't even hire him. He did it for free. It was a volunteer position. <laughs> so that's why there's a tiny bit of culpability on, on the on the high school, or whatever school it was. I guess I'm down at 13 years old. I guess it had to be a junior high, huh? I don't know. Whatever. Just terrible, <laughs> awful, alleged, awful human being. Chad Curtis, you are the model American of the week. My God, man. Seriously? Really? Ugh. Lots of anything to add on the model American. Well, yeah, it's interesting the, the age group that he, uh, you know, is accused of uh, uh, harassing of, like, 13 to 16-year-old girls. So, what, was he, like, 
going to the junior high for a while, and then hanging out at the high school for a while, and then back to the junior high. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how those those kind of scuzzballs think, but the idea that he's like, like, what should he start with? Did he start at thirteen and move up, or did he start at sixteen and move down? Either way, he's a complete scuzzball, but. That would be an interesting fact to find out. Like, oh, no, this is too old. <laughs> right, whatever. Just, look, don't hire the guy who wants to do that type of stuff for free. You know? Don't hire, don't hire the 44-year-old guy that all of a sudden wants to hang out with 13-year-olds. Like, yeah, I'll do that for free. This is great. Dude has a sh- ton of money. He doesn't need to go to a gym for free. He probably has a gym in his basement. Big red flags there. Huge red flags. Ugh, just awful. Just, ugh. <laughs> the society just, I don't get it. I just don't, uh Terrible. Well, that's one of the worst model Americans we've ever had. I really, I, we've had murderers. <laughs> we've had all that types of stuff. But even diddle kids, that's worse. Diddle kids, really? <sighs> when you're dead in 20 years and, and in prison... They still got to deal with what you did with them for another 50? Really? Ugh. Douchebag. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, man. Did, did, did just like uh, A-Rod allegedly uh, is, uh, you know, <laughs> took PEDs. Right. <laughs> you said that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I think we had a we put a good, a pretty good one here in the can. Do you uh, have any last words, or uh, we'll just see you next time? Yeah, uh, that's that's all I got. We we covered you know baseball and football. Uh, so and uh, we we got to make fun of a Rod. So uh, I'm I'm satisfied. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Side of things. Oh, crap, that defense is good. They are the way they work. They'll find a way to win a couple of games.